Welcome to the Docs Who Lift podcast, where we distill and simplify the complexities of a healthy lifestyle, exercise, medicine, and weight loss. We're excited to bring you a podcast that's a prescription for clinical practice, scientific recommendations, and just real life. This this is the Docs Who Lift podcast. Welcome back to the Docs Who Lift podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Spencer Nadolsky. I got my co-host here, Dr. Carl Nadolsky. Junior, or I call him Casey. Hey, That's so you might hear us refer to him as Casey Carl. I don't have a third brother. That's what some people thought. We also have here. Everyone I want to introduce that. introduce uh, another doc who lifts, Doctor Alex Bonacase. He's an obesity specialist, endocrinologist, and uh, we thought today, since we're going to be just beginning our series, we talked about the indications for obesity medicine uh, last week, but I want to start this series. Um, of obesity medicine. And I thought today, why not have another obesity doc who lifts on the podcast to discuss two of the medicines that we're starting with. They're called uh, Orlistat and also um, the Gelesis or Planity, as most people know them. Get a lot of questions about these. They are the least effective, I would say. So we wanted to start with these and kind of ramp up uh, to the discussion of the most effective ones. So Take it away, Dr. Carl. Talk about uh, pick one, pick one that you want to talk about first. All right, let's 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 talk about Orlistat. So you know when we talk about all these different weight loss medications, we mentioned a little bit of the history in our intro, our indications for weight loss meds. You know, and there's a little bit of a jaded history that goes back, but Orlistat um, has been around for a while now, um, actually, and it's approved for chronic treatment of obesity and uh, weight maintenance, actually. And it has a lot of other uh, benefits potentially, um, but the way this works is not like some of our newer medications that work up in that hypothalamic area that controls our appetite, uh, satiety, cravings, all that stuff. This literally works in the intestines. Um, it's a lipase inhibitor. So what's lipase? Well, lipase breaks down the fat molecules essentially in our intestines so that we can absorb them, get them into our bodies, and uh, and you know, essentially take on the, that energy um, in dealing with that energy balance. So when we inhibit lipase in our intestines, um, you know, it, it reduces that triglyceride hydrolysis, reducing the lipid absorption. And thus, what do we do with it? Well, we poop it out. Is we what shit happens. it out. So, so we're not getting all we the- shit it out. <laughs> we can say shit yeah, on so this podcast. I, I can't, I'm, yeah, well, I, I don't know if I can. I might get fired by whomever I end up working for. So, um, <laughs> but uh, so, um, you know, so ultimately, you know, and different, I, you know, I think we have different, some of the data suggests different things, but it's, you know, I always heard like a quarter to a third of, of fat, uh, you know, gets malabsorbed. And so you are not getting in as much energy. So even though you're eating it, you're not taking in as much energy. And there are two different types of this uh, medication. So there's one that's over the counter and it's just 60 milligrams, three times a day. You take it before meals. And uh, the the prescription is 120 milligrams, uh, three times a day before meals. And that's the one that has probably most of the, the data. And there are tons of studies on this because it's been around the longest for weight loss, um, diabetes prevention, improved lipids, uh, perhaps fatty liver, things like this. Um, and, uh, and it has reasonable effects. Um, and we, you know, we can talk about some of the data, some of the, you know, some of the benefits it's always suggested to be with a lower fat diet. Um, as you can imagine, if you're 
pooping out the fat, uh, the side effects. I always tell, uh, you know, when I give these talks to other doctors, I say, you know, all the patients love the side effects of this. Um, sarcastically, it's steatorrhea, which is oily stools, fecal urgency, um, oily spotting. These are not the things that people necessarily always want to hear about, um, but you can mitigate that a little bit um, if you're on a lower fat diet. So if you're going keto and you're eating lots of fat, even if it's good fat, mind you, but lots of it, uh, then uh, then you probably don't want to necessarily use this medication. But um, but those are some of the side effects. And you do have to be aware of some of the contraindications or things to consider. So I think we'd mentioned in the first podcast that we don't use any obesity pharmacotherapy for people who are pregnant because we don't want to work on active weight loss. Um, it's also technically uh, contraindicated or not to be used if you're um, breastfeeding. Um, you know, there's a, there's a concern a little bit about kidney stones. Uh, so if you have frequent kidney stones, it could increase that risk. Um, very rare reports of liver injury. Um, but maybe more importantly, you have to think about, you know, fat soluble vitamins that, that could be a, a problem with this. So, so that's one of the things that we, we talk about and make sure people are getting their, their fat soluble vitamins. Um, the biggest trial that I usually talk about primarily was called the Zendos, huge randomized controlled trial, over 3000 patients. And, um, and this actually was part of a diabetes prevention uh, trial too. And they had a good placebo arm. So when we talk about these weight loss trials, since this is the first podcast on this, if you always look at the pl how much weight loss was in the placebo arm, you can tell how good the placebo lifestyle was. So good lifestyle therapy should probably get five, six, seven, or more percent weight loss, right? And so this trial actually did that. So in the first year, the placebo arm got around 6% weight loss, but the, uh, but the Orlistat plus lifestyle um, got 4% uh, more than that. So that's that placebo subtracted uh, weight loss that we want to see. And so 4% more than uh, placebo with a good lifestyle is actually pretty darn good. And this trial went for several years, actually. Um, and if you look at all these trials because of the obesity physiology that drives weight regain, you can see in the graphs the, the regain starts to go up for both sides. Um, and ultimately, after, after several years, uh, there was only a 25 percent weight loss difference, but that, you know, that could still be clinically meaningful. And, and it also was associated with, um, you know, diabetes prevention. And like I said, uh, you know, meta-analyses show, you know, a few percent weight loss beyond uh, placebo and it's good for lipids, um, good for diabetes, that sort of thing. So, so what are your thoughts on any, anybody, we don't use it that much because of the side effects. I'll tell you where I use it the most, it seems like, um, and that's in people who have constipation from one of the other weight loss medicines we use. And I say, well, you know, you could throw this in there and get a little oily stool and help you out. What do you guys think of that? I like that. Yeah. So basically you can prevent type two diabetes, but you shit your pants. So you take it, you take the good with the bad. I, yeah. That's the same thing. That's, it's pretty much what I, what I do. I, I, I don't. It, I don't know any obesity doctor that uses it front line, first line. And I know that insurances do require it oftentimes. Have you taken Zenical, which is the brand name of the prescription 120 of the of the Orlistat? Have you tried and have failed? They will say fail. We talked about the, the weight stigma um, podcast, how technically shouldn't say fail. I said that once on Twitter. I got beat up. Actually, nobody can beat me up, but whatever. Yeah, they, uh, they yelled at they me don't for using that It's term, a response fail. to therapy. It's response to therapy. The, response to therapy. The insurances yeah. insurances will 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 ask if they um how if if they've tried and they say fail on the on the paper. So I don't know. Somebody should yell at them. 
But anyway, <laughs> uh, but I don't know any obesity. I mean, uh, Dr. Bonnake, do so you use Orlistat uh, or nope. uh, in, in your patients? <laughs> Never have. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll say this quick little blurb. I mean, I don't use it, but Theoretically, if I was, the only other thing I would add is I would definitely never use it in any bariatric surgery patient, particularly, you know, RUNY or DS, just because they're already malabsorbing, right, a little bit, so a lot. So, you know, you're, they are going to get those vitamin deficiencies, the, the, the steatoria already with the DS, the RUNY, they're already prone to pretty bad malabsorptive issues. So that's, I guess, kind of a, a given, but who knows? Um, I personally wouldn't use it. I can get generics um, that are, I would, I, there's just too many other better options and it just feels mean, right? No one wants to, to have uh, the, the, the leakage and all that stuff like that. And you guys remember those wow chips? Are you old enough to remember those? The, the chips? Yeah. That's kind of like an Orlistat yep. thing. People, we, yeah. yeah, we talk about those all the time yeah. with Orlistat. Mm-hmm. We, we, we had uh, Pringles, the Pringles that had the, what, what, what is it called? The, yeah, um, Olestra. Olestra. The Olestra. Yeah. They were that called, was wow. Olestra yeah. was Olestra. A, a, yep. a fat. It's a fat that's yeah, slides right fat by. That, that's you broken don't absorb. down, so it goes right through you. Yeah, so you don't absorb it. Yeah, so I think I think it's a good, I, I, I think it's, I think we need to do a, I think we need to figure out how to do a clinical trial. Maybe it's something that we talk with uh, one of the big pharmaceutical companies. You can get these grants, we can talk to them, potentially, and, and, I, I do think that it would be worth a trial to add it on top of what well, we're going to have a whole podcast about some of these newer medicines, these GLP-1 medicines, which slow down your GI tract and then not infrequently get patients with constipation. And I've noticed that my patients, I just added on top. I don't know if there's an augmented weight loss effect. There probably should be, uh, should be based on, yeah, the, on the physiology, but um, they have improved constipation and, and they're not, they aren't shitting their pants because they're already constipated. So it get, negates that and, and then, uh, everything else improves. So it should be, it should be, a, a, it should be good. Um, I, I mean, uh, I really, I that's, know. I use this not infrequently in those patients. I, um, this is when I use it the most actually. Um, and I think, you know, part of it is as an endocrinologist and obesity specialist, I, I don't do as much pharmacotherapy for people with constipation. I don't do like all the evaluations like you might do, Spencer, in primary care. And so I'm not quite as comfortable with those those things anymore. You know, I'm I'm all about, you know, diet and and water and and exercise for for functional constipation. And in these cases, I usually know why. It's usually one of the other meds we're using for weight loss. And so then I feel very comfortable saying, well, hey, we might get a little bit of synergism with this medication. Its side effect may actually be, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And so um and it really, I'll, anecdotally, yeah, right. We don't have big trial data on this, but it, it sure works. And in th- and it should be somewhat beneficial for them in multiple ways. Like I just said, the data are actually quite robust for fairly clinically um, reasonable weight loss. That's that's clinically meaningful. And uh, and then we also have those clinical outcomes that actually matter: diabetes prevention, glycemic control, lipids, uh, blood pressure. Um, and, and, and even fatty liver, it may, it may be something that, uh, will ultimately prove to be, you know, one of our, our good medications for that. So it's, you know, it, it really does have benefits. It's basically cutting down on the fat intake. It just has the side effects. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> so, another, that's just that. another aside real quick. There are people that think carbohydrates are the cause of obesity. And we've talked about this. We've had multiple podcasts about this, but the fact that this inhibits absorption of dietary fat 
which has a very low impact on, or basically no impact on insulin secretion, and it still prevents type 2 diabetes, leads us to believe what we think is causal, which is an excess energy intake and adiposity. So anyway, that's just an aside. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's stop talking about Orlistat. I think everybody knows you shit your pants, you prevent diabetes, whatever. Um, let's talk about jealousis or planity, oh as, as most people say. Can you say <laughs> planity? Can you like, which is jealousis? Let's talk about what what is what is this stuff? All right, this is how I explain it. It's a poor way to explain it, but do you ever remember those little foam things when you were a kid? You drop them in water and they expand. Most patients, when I say that, they know exactly. The dinosaurs. Oh, the, the dinosaurs! I basically yes. tell patients it's kind of awesome. like a gel version of those. Yeah. You know, it's a little cap. It's a hydrogel. I think it's made up of different types of cellulose or plant fibers, but it's a, it's a hydrogel. You drop it in water. You basically drink. It's a hydrogel. You take it with two glasses of water. Um, it expands in the stomach. It gives you that physical kind of volume. So for some patients, they might feel that improved satiety from that. As it transits through the intestines, it will basically release the water from the hydrogel. It will become, it will, you know, it'll get excreted essentially unchanged without absorbing. Um, so it's using kind of the mechanical restriction of that, uh, the expansion to try and promote less caloric intake. Um, there, w I don't have the exact data, but there's a trial called the glow trial, which was essentially their, their major, um, clinical trial that they used uh, Jealousis, which is kind of the prior name of Planet or It's the same thing. And I think you, uh, have some of the data there, but I just keep thinking of the placebo arm where. The placebo group drank yeah. a pit. They had the placebo sugar pill, two glasses of water, and they still had pretty, you know, decent weight loss from that, you know, kind of saying that preloading with water can be beneficial. But I know uh, yeah. Spencer had some thoughts on Plenity. Does he like it? Does he not like it? Do you, Spencer, you want me to talk about the data first before you? Yeah, just talk about the data because I believe it's about, it's about a 2%. It's about a 2% subtracted. So, yeah, uh, head to head. Subtracted. Yeah, and so this this goes back to what I said earlier um, about all these weight loss uh, trials. So, like what Alex said, when you look at the placebo arm, you can see how good the just the baseline whatever it is lifestyle, or in this case, you know perhaps water loading, etc. And so in this head to head trial, and again, this is on average, and and this does get into nuances of how to look at who responds to what medicine and whatnot in these trials. But on average, um, over uh, you know, I think it's half a year, um, it was 4.4% for the placebo arm. That's not bad. Now, the numbers for this trial are also lower because this is technically not a medicine. And people have to understand that it, this was approved through the FDA as a device. F, for whatever reason, and I'm not going to get into it, devices have a much lower bar to meet for being approved by the FDA. Now, this gets in a whole debate. We'll let the audience debate this with the politicians because um, I actually have some serious issues with this because it's been it's been brought up with obesity devices over the past several years. But anyways, low numbers, placebo arm got 4.4% weight loss. That's pretty darn good. I mean, you know, for a placebo arm of these weight loss trials, that's nice. And the, the plenity arm um, got 6.4%. So it was only a 2% uh, absolute difference. Now, you know, that's a little bit meaningful. It, it shows it was statistically significant where it does show maybe a little bit of actual, um, you know, consideration is when we talk about the response to therapy. And this goes for every medication. Some medications 
everybody responds to, and we'll talk about those medications in a couple podcasts down the road. But um, specifically in this, those who got 5% weight loss overall, there were about 60% uh, in the plenity group, um, 40% in the placebo group. Uh, 7.5% weight loss uh, was 40% in the Gelesis plenity group, uh, 24% in the, the placebo group. And then there were 27% of people in the plenity group who got over 10% weight loss, um, which was almost twice as much as the the 15% who got 10% uh, weight loss in the placebo group. So the early response to therapy is key. And and those who were able to get 3% weight loss at eight weeks, that predicted who was going to get 5% weight loss later on down the road. And when you look at that, and again, this is kind of similar to all these trials, then it predicted that ultimately the plenity group would get about 10% weight loss and those who didn't respond to it at all only got 2% weight loss. And so what that, you know, what that suggests is that the other thing about this, by the way, before I get into it is um, it's approved at a lower BMI. So we always talk about how the disease of obesity does not matter about BMI. Unfortunately, the FDA and historical you know, criteria use very strict BMI cutoffs. So this is approved for people with a BMI of 25 or above. So we might have someone who has relatively low, um, say, severity obesity. Let's say it's a younger person with a BMI of 26, a little bit of excess adiposity, but they don't have prediabetes metabolic syndrome and they don't want to take a medication. Well, we could try this this medication or device And if they respond well to it, if they start losing weight and it really helps them do what they're trying to do, then that might be a pretty good option for that person to reduce their long-term risk of uh, weight-related disease um, without taking a medicine that's very, it's very safe um, overall. Like you said, it just goes through you. Um, And it was also able to, you know, it's FDA indicated uh, for that group. And if they respond to it, they'll probably have pretty good success. But um, spent, you know, and I and we don't use it that much because it we we tend to see people with more severe obesity anyways, especially probably Alex and I do. But Spencer, you know, you have a probably a broader range of of patients. Um, but you're you're not a. I mean, we're not. None of us are huge fans of this. But you're you're less of a huge fan, I think. Yeah, I just I, I think it should be a supplement over the counter at this point. I, I there are concerns of like taking it with a medicine, you decrease the absorption of of other medicines mm-hmm. potentially. Um, so I, I just don't like, it. I've never seen a patient actually, you know, they're like, oh, I feel a little bit fuller. How about you eat some more? How about eat more vegetables then? That gives you the filling thing. So here, here's the thing from a physiological standpoint, the, the other centrally acting drugs work on true satiety. These will fill you up. So you can, I've talked about this on another podcast. When I did the bodybuilding competition, you can eat a ton of vegetables and get that full feeling, but you won't feel satiated. You won't have that satiety in between meals necessarily, and you won't get that satiation that helps you stop eating necessarily. Whereas these other drugs work centrally at the receptors at the brain. You know, there is some, as, as Dr. Bonnake says, there's a stretch, there are stretch um, uh, things that happen in your uh, stomach and in your intestine that do uh, may change some of the uh, signaling up to your brain. But like, it's a lot of it's a mechanical uh, stretching feeling that, that some people, uh, yeah, they need some of that. I, I agree. They need some of that. They need to feel that that full feeling, but they're not necessarily satiated. And that's why I think, you know, I, I just think it needs to be over the counter. I, I would like to see this medicine versus something like a glucomonin, which forms that soluble fiber gel similar. Um, I'd like to see a 
see it uh, versus that with the high amounts of, of water preloading. As Dr. Bonnake says, uh, they had to drink a lot of water with this. And we actually have studies that show uh, somewhat of an effect just from drinking more water from that filling effect. Now I do, there's, a, there's clearly an effect here from this stuff, but I'd, I'd like to see it versus something over the counter, such as psyllium husk or another soluble fiber, um, like, uh, uh uh, the, the other uh, the other soluble fibers that are out there, uh, Metamucil, you could is, is psyllium, um, psyllium husk that you could use. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know. I just I'm not a big fan. I think it needs. And to I think be. there are data for those too with weight loss. Yeah, it's just it's small, but I think I, the, the other uh, FDA um, one of these devices that got approved a few years ago called the V Block. I don't. I've never yep. seen anybody actually use it anymore. It didn't. It's it's very similar. These these things. It's it's just ridiculous yeah. that this. It has to be it has to be a prescription, and you have to go out of your way to to write this for, for this thing that doesn't even work that well. I think, I think it, if if ideally it should be over the counter, it should be one of those things where it's like, hey, maybe we we could add this on, and maybe it is it's worth it in those with like overweight and not uh, true obesity with obesity related disease uh, might be effective at helping yeah. you lose um, you know stay a little bit fuller. But again, you're gonna have to stay on it. You're gonna have to keep taking it to have that effect. And uh, I think the more you have to take medicine, the the the, the less people are going to stick to it anyway. So I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't like it. We we didn't talk about how you take it either. So just for people who are going to do it, um, Alex, you want to talk about the the recommended way you take it? I believe it's twice daily um, before meals with two full glasses of water. If I recall, I haven't looked at it in a while, but um, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's it's uh, th three capsules of the stuff um, twenty minutes before lunch and dinner. Yeah. Again, with a lot of water. Um, you you know, and there while it's very safe, you can certainly get some of those mild GI side sure. effects because we're just adding a bunch of fiber blowing up in your stomach. So you know, you might get a little abdominal distension, abdominal pain, some bloating, maybe some bowel movement irregularity, um, <laughs> maybe some constipation that we have to throw a little orlish orlish stat in to get you a little oily stool there. Um, and, you know, the, the other thing is it's, you know, it has cellulose, citric acid, um, gelatin. Uh, so you, some people might have allergies to those things. Um, and like Spencer said, you know, you got to be very careful about it. It may alter the absorption of some uh, medications and such. I, I mean, I definitely think there's a cost effectiveness. So, you know, I always talk about the disease severity should match the uh, therapeutic intensity, right? So, someone with a BMI of 26, no complications, this is probably a pretty reasonable option to try. It's not, it's not too expensive, relatively speaking. It does cost a little bit of money for people. But, um, but let's compare that to some of the medications we're going to talk about later that have you know, at real uh, you know, pharmaceutical effects and side effects. Um, they cost a lot more, but they also have a lot more benefit, so clinical benefit. But that pharmacologic intensity Matt should maybe match more of those who have more severe disease, higher BMI, and more importantly, more severe adiposity-based disease, metabolic syndrome, prediabetes, sleep apnea, fatty liver, all these things that we need to be a little bit more urgent about. And so that's, you know, I, I, that's where I see its role potentially. Um, but 
like Spencer said, why not just make it over the counter? Yeah, Orla stats and let's over see the what it really does compared to some of these other similar things. Or, I mean, Orla stats exactly. over the counter. Yeah, that's so a it great point. No and that's a, that's a pharmaceutical. Yeah, that this yep. is not over the counter. And maybe that's what they're going to be doing. I, I'd say that yeah. that would be because I I would have no problem recommending it. Like, yeah, you can try it to see if it's better. But I'm not, I, I generally don't write prescriptions for it. Um, and I, I've rarely ever seen patients come in with it and gone like, yeah, it's kind of helped a little bit. I, I just, I don't see it. Yeah. I want to say I can count on one hand the number of times I've used it, but I would say, so I think I have four people on it. Three of them have done phenomenal. And I'll tell you, it, it's individualized, right? I see about 50% of my practice now is obesity medicine. So that's pretty small, right? Of all the people I've seen, three or four. But they're people that they generally were opposed to doing pharmacotherapy. They, they had, for whatever reason, either contraindications or just personally, they did not want something that was considered a pharmaceutical. Mm -hmm. They were patients that tended to, maybe yeah. they were feeling snacky in the evening, and they said on the way home from work, they take their plenity before their, their afternoon snack, and it gives them just that right situation. So I agree. It's not a go-to. It's not even something I kind of forget about it half the time. And then when I have someone where I'm thinking about mm -hmm. it and maybe they've shot down some of the other ideas, I've, I've went to it uh, hesitantly and been surprised. So, but I do agree. It probably should be something over the counter. I don't see it as a reason why you have to go through a telehealth. Um, they use, most of it's going through Roman, I think, actually. They're, they're doing the telehealth thing. I, I have written the, yeah. I have to have my nurse fax a prescription if I'm going to write it, but yeah, I think I think it has a role, but it's uh, like you said. There's a reason why we're talking about it in that lower efficacy tier lecture. So yeah, yeah. I think there's one thing that we can come get out of this is that um, you know someday I hope you know maybe we'll get some sponsors for our podcast. I'm pretty sure we just lost Plenity as a potential sponsor. Good job, guys. We may have because they're mad at us have. now. <laughs> well, uh, hey, not necessarily. If, comes, unless, or, if, if it's unless, over the counter, say, hey, actually, it's a reason. Over the counter. If it's over the counter. Yeah. I just said I had good can, success we'll, we'll with this. We'll be the sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's about it for that. Next time, we're going to be talking uh, about some of the these drugs that have been out for uh, almost 10 years now that are used for chronic, Few years anyways. chronic yeah. Uh, yeah. obesity management. Amazing. And then we'll get into the, the brand new stuff that have big time uh, effects. Thanks, Dr. Bonacase, for joining us. In here's the outro. Thank you. This podcast is for entertainment and education and information purposes only. Remember, the physicians on this podcast are not your physician. It should not be considered professional or personalized medical advice. It should not be used to replace speaking with your physician or medical professional to discuss your specific health concerns. The topics discussed should not be used solely to diagnose or treat any condition. As a result, we are not responsible for any unwanted medical outcomes. The views and opinions discussed are of those of the host only and do not represent those of any other entities. Thank <laughs> you.